Hello, and welcome to episode 554 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva. We're coming off of draft weekend. Got a good look at how teams view these rookies, how they view their current veterans, their their current depth chart, and more. Evan, how's it going? It's good. Um, I've got Giants and Jets fans arguing with each other in my Twitter mentions. So that's always good for the mental health and a reminder that um, you know that that draft grades matter. All right, I'll say that. You know, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Fantasy people, fantasy Twitter is the best. Once your tweets reach NFL and laundry bro Twitter, that's where everything takes a turn. I'm hopeful that none of my tweets ever reach NFL Twitter, NFL fan Twitter, laundry Twitter again. On today's show, we're going to be going team by team through the AFC, talking about our reactions to the draft fantasy winners and losers, everything in between. Before we get into it, remind everyone of two things. Best Ball Bros, Best Ball Mania 4 is live on Underdog. $15 million prize pool. We've been grinding our cocks all weekend to get our rankings in a good place. I think you need to have a good baseline of rankings, and then you can upload our rankings directly to the app, and then you can make your picks from there. You do need DraftKit Pro to access our Best Ball coverage. This year, DraftKit Pro covers Best Ball, Dynasty, Redraft, it's $49.99. Second, DFS grinders, USFL, USFL, and golf. Currently in full swing, we are covering both PGA Championship rapidly approaching in the golf streets. Head to the subscribe tab on establishrun.com for more. All right. Hopefully you've already listened to the NFC team by team. We are going to do AFC team by team here today. And we'll start with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm excited about the Ravens, man. They take Zay Flowers at 22 overall. Todd Monken is in. Lamar Jackson is back. We have Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, allegedly healthy, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, Isaiah Likely, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, this is the best group by far that Lamar Jackson has had. And I think he'll have the most aggressive passing coach he's had in his career. What do you think of Zay Flowers' pick at 22 overall and anything else on the Ravens draft? Well, Zay Flowers, I mean, the way that he walked through, I mean, did you see what he was wearing? Yeah, ball. like that dude was dripping hard out there. <laughs> I mean, like I, I love that. Uh, you know, I love that swag. And also, um, yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, like they they have a legit. I mean, this should be the pass catcher core, the best pass catcher core of Lamar Jackson's career. Not I would feel so much better about being a Ravens fan right now than I did on two like last Tuesday, a week ago, because they got Lamar signed to a deal that I think was good on both sides. And now they've got Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews, Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Isaiah Likely, Nelson Aguilar. That's pretty strong. I mean, I, I feel really good about that. Um, and, and now they're under the direction of the GOAT, Todd Monken. So very, very excited about Lamar Jackson's fantasy outlook in the short and long term. Tavius Robinson, I, I, I saw like, you know, what Daniel Jeremiah was showing of him. Uh, during the um, during the broadcast, and just looks like a dude with an explosive get off. Looked up his dimensions. He's a super long outside pass rusher who lines up in a four point stance and just gets upfield. Uh, Trenton Simpson, you know, they like to take their linebackers. Roquan Smith is technically a part of this draft grade, but they and and he was so good for them. I mean, he was a true difference maker for them down the stretch. But um, but they paid him so much money that I, I I'm not counting that. 
uh, as a positive as a, regarding their draft. I, lo- I like how they came back and took Andrew Voorhees, who tore his ACL at the Combine. Imagine he's going to be like a day two pick. They, they took him in a seventh round. I think that he's a guy to stat, a good guy to stash. I gave him a C plus. I, I saw other people giving him way higher grades. I gave him a C plus, but I mean, I still, I, you know, I'm with you. I like what they're building in terms of the pass catcher core, and I think they're going to be more aggressive officially passing the ball this season. They didn't draft a running back, by the way. Yeah, and those are my two fantasy notes. The first one, they did not draft a running back, which I think is really good news for for J.K. Dobbins' health. They did not add a running back in free agency either. I mean, they basically only have J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Justice Hill, the same group they had last year. Again, J.K. Dobbins, another year removed from the knee injury. I think it's a really good sign for him. We're ahead of market in J.K. Dobbins in the rankings right now. We are significantly behind the market in Zay Flowers' ranking. We currently have Zay Flowers 132nd overall. And it's not that we don't like Zay Flowers as a player. I don't think they're, and I get it with Todd Monken, I don't think they're all of a sudden going to throw for 5,000 yards. Right. And they have a lot of mouths to feed. And so not the best landing spot, I don't think, for Zay Flowers, but he could easily wind out, wind up being the best of this group. He could be better than Rashad Bateman. He could be better than this version of Odell. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think could have been a better landing spot for Zay Flowers. He could have found a better one. Let's go to Buffalo. So here's what happened with Buffalo. Four straight wide receivers go off the board in the early 20s. I, I feel like the Bills wanted one of them. They're like, well, four of those are gone. We better make sure we get Dalton Kincaid because Dalton Kincaid is not really a tight end. Yeah, I know he's listed as tight end, and that's huge for fantasy when guys like this get listed as tight end. I think Dalton Kincaid's actually going to be the new slot guy. You know, I mean, we have Dalton Kincaid 153rd overall, but I'd personally be willing to go higher. It, it just depends on how many targets you think Gabe Davis is going to earn. Do you think Dalton Kincaid can actually play the slots. So I'm curious, Evan, your take on the Dalton Kincaid pick. Anything else on the Bills draft? I mean, he played slot receiver at, at Utah. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting Dawson Knox to remain like the inline Y tight end. Um, and then Dalton Kincaid to be the slot receiver between Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs. And they can move Diggs in the slot and move Kincaid out, outside at times. Um, I, I'm good with it. They hot Dallas to go get him. Yeah, there was that wide receiver run they kind of missed out on, and they were like, all right, fine, let's go get our our, high, our next highest-rated pass catcher, and that was Dalton Kincaid. Obviously, I preferred Michael Mayer, but I think in this certain situation, I'm totally fine with it. I, I mm-hmm. thought it was a pretty good pick. Osiris Torrance, the uh, guard out of Florida, had a like, legit first-round buzz. Um, so for them to get him at number 59 at a need position – that was a steal, and they just sat there and, and took him. Um, Dorian Williams, the two-lane linebacker, is like the classic Matt, Matt Milano sort of, you know, hyper-athletic, super, super long arms, 34-inch arms at 6'1", 227, 4'5", he ran at the combine. That's that's the, the rangy linebacker that can cover that the Bills want to be able to match up with running backs and tight ends. I really like their draft. Um, I gave him a B-minus. Um, cause they did have to move up to go get Kincaid and that cost them a fourth rounder. And I didn't really love their, their super late rounders or anything, but I mean, I, I gave them a, a solid, solid B minus. And I think they got better. Yeah. That was that note. Uh, they just added Latavius Murray this morning as a free agent to their backfield. I do think that James Cook is, they want him to be the guy. They're not sure about it. They have Damian Harris. Now they have Latavius Murray also angles. I was watching the Bengals stuff closely just because I'm fascinated by what's going to happen with Joe Mixon. He has this big cap number. He's also facing 
some criminal charges of menacing and Samaj P. Ryan is gone. I just think the win now window is here, like for the Bengals right now. And you can't responsibly go into the backfield with like Chase Brown, who they took in the fifth round or, or Travion Williams and Chris Evans. So I feel pretty good about Mixon being back now. doesn't mean they won't add someone like Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette or someone like that. But I feel better now than I did before about Joe Mixon being back in Cincy. They did not take a run back until round five again in Chase Brown. Evan, what do you think of what the Bengals did? Well, I'll tell you in a second. All right, I have a decision, okay? Um, we're now in the fourth round of this dynasty startup, and we're trying to decide between Kyle Pitts and Drake London. No no tight end premium or anything, but, you know, there is there is value in having an elite tight end. Is Kyle Pitts an elite tight end? Me, me and my partner think that he is. And we know we said that he's had this weird low-scoring start to his career. But, I mean, I think he could pop big time at, at any point. But, I don't know, would you take Drake London or Kyle Pitts? <laughs> I would take Drake London, but I'm really? so scarred from last year that uh, I'm having a hard time with Kyle Pitts evaluations this year. But yeah, yeah. like young rookies, uh, young wide receivers to me is like yeah. the way to build in dynasty. I would say Drake London. Yeah. The thing is that you, the, the older wide receivers, wide receivers that are like 28, 29, 30, those guys go really late Yeah, in, um, in this format, I don't know. Can Kyle Pitts get to that Kelsey sort of level? I mean, I, I still feel like you can. I don't know. I don't know. We, we got to get on with the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals. So, you know, they, they did not go need at number 28 overall because they already had three good pass rushers in Troy, uh, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, and, and Joseph Asai. But I, I'm fine with it. I, I, I definitely subscribe to the notion that you can never have too many pass rushers. Now they have four. And then I like how they came back and attacked the secondary because you remember they lost both of their starting safeties in free agency. And um, they're, they're also very thin, thin at corner. They get Michigan cornerback DJ Turner, who is so fast. I mean, he ran 4-2-6. Like, no, nobody's running by this dude. Uh, and then they got Jordan Battle, who was a four-year starter at Alabama at safety. You know, uh, that was their biggest need. And, and like, he's going to be ready to come in and compete after learning from Nick Saban for for three years. And then they got a burner in Charlie Jones. You know, we don't we don't know what's going to happen with T. Higgins with that negotiation because then they're going to have to pay Chase, and they got to you know they got to pay Burrow, and you know, mm -hmm. they might have to let go of T. Higgins. I think Charlie Charlie Jones gives them at least an option. And then Chase Brown, I think, is really interesting for fantasy. You have Joe Mixon's off-field situation. You have his his contractual situation. And then Samaj P. Ryan has gone to Denver. So I think Chase Brown, who was a really good player at, 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 uh, at Illinois and ran 4-4-1 before the draft and, and is a pretty good receiver, I, I think that that's a really good situation for him. He's really only got to beat out. Travion Williams, I believe, yeah, be number two behind Joe Mixon. Yeah, and I'd add to that Joe Mixon stuff that he did not play that well last year, Joe Mixon, in, in a lot of games. I mean, Joe Mixon was not that good. They played Samaj P. Ryan over him, even in base in some really big situations. And so, yeah, I think the Chase Brown thing is interesting. I want to get your thoughts on the Irv Smith. I mean, everybody thought the Bengals were going to take a tight end. Everybody. Oh, Bengals are going to take a tight end. Bengals going to It's a great tight end class. Bengals lost Hayden Hurst. They did not take a tight end. It looks like they're going to go with Irv Smith. This is a hard projection on Irv Smith because he has not produced in the NFL to date in his career. We do have him 156 overall, which is 36 spots ahead of ADP mm -hmm. right now. Can Irv Smith finally 
break out on his second team, which we've seen tight end happen to a bunch. Yeah, I mean, I I, I still think that he can. Um, he's still know, super he's still young. Really young. I yeah. mean, he's like twenty four, like yeah. going on twenty five. Um, I, I think he's going to be an excellent late late round tight end pick. You know, those late round tight end picks do not pan out more often than not. But you know, we're going to keep taking shots on him. Yeah, I mean, and, and some of these three tight end builds can certainly include Irv Smith. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's only battling with like Drew Sample and David Asiasi. Um, okay, Cleveland. Cleveland did not even have a pick until round three, 74th overall due to the Deshaun Watson trade. They used that pick on Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. I don't see that clean of a path for Cedric Tillman. They have David Bell. They have DPJ. They have Elijah Moore. And then obviously they have Amari Cooper. I'd also note that Cleveland did not draft, did not draft a running back at all, even though Kareem Hunt remains unsigned. I mean, what do you think of the Browns draft? Yeah, which is interesting for Jerome Ford if he's able to ascend to that number two running back spot behind Nick Chubb. Um, yeah, I mean, the Browns were handicapped by their trade for Deshaun Watson, and I penalized them in the draft grade for that because Deshaun Watson sucked as a six-game starter last year and because that was a questionable decision for them to do that anyways. Um they turned the number 42 overall pick, which was that, that was their top pick entering into um, or that, that was the uh, 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 yeah, they turned that into Elijah Moore and Cedric Tillman. Right. So that that's, you know, that's a, a potential slot receiver and a big uh, f- physical outside receiver prospects uh, for them to try to mold into potential starters. And then um, uh, uh, Saki Ika, Baylor, this is just a massive space eater. Reminds me of Danny Shelton, probably a one-trick pony, but you know, to add some girth on the interior of that uh, uh, defensive line. And then you want to talk about a massive dude, Dewan Jones, out of Ohio State. This dude is like six foot eight or something, and like almost four hundred pounds. He reminds me of Trent Brown, you know, who's kind of bounced around, but I mean, he's had a pretty good career between the Patriots and a couple other teams. Uh, but he's just a classic boomer bust guy, massive arms. Um, Dorian Thompson Robinson was a little bit interesting uh, as like a, a, a super sleeper in dynasty uh, because he's got like some serious wheels and uh, you know, he was a competent enough passer. He completed almost 70% of his passes last year for Chip Kelly at UCLA. Uh, I gave him a C minus, but that's most, I think they did a pretty good job with the, with the draft capital that they had. Yeah. I- I do want to highlight the Jerome Ford stuff. I, I'm not sure Jerome Ford is like the big back that they want to kind of compliment or, or give Nick Chubb a breeder. I do think Cleveland's like a sneaky candidate to add someone like Ezekiel Elliott or bring back Cream Hunter or something like that. But yeah, for now, Jerome Ford, I think, is the number two. Dimitri Felton is more of like a strict receiving type back. Denver, we already talked about, you know, one of the most lopsided trades, if not the most lopsided trade in NFL history, left Denver without very much at all. They only make five picks here in this draft. I, I don't know. I, wide receiver didn't feel like a big need for me for Denver. 63 overall on Marvin Mims. They have Sutton on their contract. Jerry Judy, they have. They just picked up his fifth-year option. They have him cheap for two more years. I expect Tim Patrick to be healthy. So not a lot of picks. They use one on Marvin Mims. What did you think of Denver's draft, Evan? Well, Russell Wilson was a part of it. Yeah. So it, like you're starting with an F. And then I didn't like what they did. Um, I, I did like the pick of Drew Sanders, number 67. We talked about it on the NFC show 
that it was supposed to be him and Jack Campbell sort of neck and neck to be the number one linebacker drafted. Drew Sanders was way more productive, especially as a pass rusher in college. Apparently had some character concerns. I, I don't know. But he went number 67. Jack Campbell went number 18. That was the pick that really stuck, stuck out to me that I liked. Um, and I did like Riley Moss, who is going to be the first white cornerback since Jason Seahorn. Really good athlete. Uh, Bucky Brooks was talking about how he he looked the part of a cornerback at, um, at the Senior Bowl. And he's got good size. And he was a playmaker at Iowa. Uh, I, I really like that pick. They needed help at that position. Marvin Mims, I... I, I I don't know what they're doing because they just exercised Jerry Judy's um, fifth year option and they're getting back Tim Patrick and they're getting back KJ Hamler and they didn't trade Cortland Sutton and they traded up for Marvin Mims. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I I understand when you have a new coach coming in, he's going to want to put his stamp on the team. Couldn't he have done it at a different position because that that's like the strongest position group on Denver's roster. For sure. Not a strong. He, he better be really good. I mean, yeah. he better be really good. Yeah. Uh, I did want to note, I thought it was a good draft for Samaje Pirine. There's been bad reports about Javante Williams' health, man. And we dropped Javante Williams all the way down to 105th overall in our rankings. We actually have Pirine ahead of him in 99th. We are about 16 spots ahead of ADP. Samaje Pirine right now, they did not draft it back. Javante Williams' health stuff is not good, does not sound great. And Sean Payton was just like all over Samaje Pirine to bring him in in free agency. So I, I still like Pirine. I like us being 16 spots ahead on Pirine. It's crowded at tight end here, man. I mean, they have Troutman now. They have Manhurts. They have Albert O. They have Dolchich. We'll see what happens there. I think they want Dolchich, but Albert O stuff, we'll see. It seems like he has um, very specific skill set that some coaches like and some co- other coaches don't. So we'll see there. Houston. Decided to stay at number two overall and take CJ Stroud, despite all the rumors that CJ Stroud would drop. Houston stays at two. They take him. I think everybody would agree that they gave up way too much to come back up to three to get Will Anderson. The rumor about what happened is coaches, D'Amico Ryans wanted Will Anderson, franchise owners, whatever. They wanted CJ Stroud. The compromise was, oh, we'll just get them both, you know, which is like not really that great of a strategy when you're dealing with a billion dollar organization. It's like, oh, we can't agree. Let's just go get both. I don't love them coming back up for Will Anderson concerning what they gave up. Evan, what do you think of the Texans draft? Um, I, I saw it get like sort of heavily criticized and I mean, I get it. I definitely think that they gave up too much to go get Will Anderson and sort of split that compromise between the owner and the front office and the, the scouting department, all that. But you know what? They still came out of the draft with the number two quarterback and the number one pass rusher. And then I think they did really well with the rest of their picks. Oh, also Shaq Mason is a part of this draft because they got him for a, a day three pick swap from Tampa Bay. He's going to be a quality starting guard for them. So that really helps. And then they went and got Juice Scruggs out of Penn State, who's just like the strongest off, interior offensive lineman in the draft. I think he actually might end up at guard uh, as a starting guard. And then they got Jarrett Patterson, Notre Dame center, just a technician. You can find starting centers in the sixth round. Definitely guys who played at Notre Dame and get guys blocked. Um Tank Dell, 165 pounds, but he's not playing outside. He's playing uh, between, beneath the retractable roof in Houston, so we don't have to w- worry about the wind blowing him away. Uh, and then Henry uh, Toto, 
Uh, that guy uh, was just like a, a leader. You were, were the green dot in Alabama's defense, uh, probably a special teamer and number four linebacker. They, I, I've actually heard they're really excited about Tank Dell. He's going to play on the outside as sort of like a T.Y. Hilton, Marquise Brown sort of role. And they're going to uh, – and John Mechie, who looks like he's he's back and he's rolling, he's going to be their primary slot receiver. Nice, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of stuff connecting Bijan Robinson to the Texans that did not end up happening. Damian Pierce's role is safe, and I think that's the right move for the Texans. Like, they proved you can find quality backs later in the draft. Damian Pierce is that. We have him 59th overall right now. That's about four spots ahead of ADP. We are slightly behind ADP. You're actually kind of right in line with Devin Singletary, who's going to be the backup to Damian Pierce. I think they're excited about Damian Pierce, and I think Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary just kind of just a guy. Colts. So they stay at their pick also. They stay at pick four. They take Anthony Richardson. I, I know this Anthony Richardson stuff like evokes these crazy emotions from people. I would just encourage people to try to think probabilistically. You know, obviously there's a chance Anthony Richardson is a massive, massive bust. Let's say you think there's only a five percent chance Anthony Richardson only reaches only uh, ever reaches Jalen Hurts levels. Fine, five percent. I might take that, man. I mean, it is such a huge hit to hit on one of these quarterbacks like Anthony Richardson, who can just dominate the game with his legs. And arms. So we'll see how it works out. I still think it was the right pick for Indy. They're claiming they would have taken him number one overall. I don't know if I buy that, but they decided to take him over Will Levis. They were also linked heavily to Levis. Evan, what do you think about the Anthony Richardson pick and the Colts draft? I love the Colts draft. They put an extreme emphasis, and Chris Ballard is known for doing this. He comes from the Chiefs. They use a lot of like spark sort of stuff. I mean, they're more advanced than that, but they definitely use analytical methods to evaluate athleticism and oh my god they got so many stud athletes I mean it is nuts obviously Anthony Richardson most athletic quarterback ever at the combine Julius Brents um big long he's six foot three big long athletic like he you know Gus Bradley is their defensive coordinator comes from that Seattle school he's gonna love Josh Brents because that's you know the Richard Sherman mold um Josh Downs he's you know a smaller sort of T.Y. Hilton lookalike uh, receiver. But then Blake Freeland, oh, my God, this guy. Super, super interesting. Um, he's huge. He's long. He's athletic. And I think that he could actually end up being a starter at left tackle for them. They had big-time problems uh, with Bernard Raymond as their left tackle and some other guys in there last year. And I think that Blake Freeland, Freeland at a BYU actually has a chance to be a starting left tackle for them. And then um, Adebowore out of Northwestern. And then Darius Rush. Like, they got, like, a lot of really good prospects at, at, at in value positions. Even on, they, they got our boy Evan Hull. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jake Witt, Northern Michigan offensive tackle. He worked out like an absolute freak before the draft. I gave him an A-. minus. They really needed this. I mean, they got a quarterback, and they replenished the back end of their roster with a ton of big-time athletes. You know, I know that they they really struggled last year, and Chris Ballard almost lost his job. I, I think he went a long way toward helping himself here um, and, and putting Anthony Richardson, obviously, under Shane Steichen, I think is brilliant. If you think Anthony Richardson succeeds as a passer, I do think Josh Downs is worth noting. Take him at pick 79. He can play in the slot right away between Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman, so I thought that one was interesting. And then, yeah, Evan mentioned Evan Hull in the fifth round. I mean, pure pass catcher, like, this dude, if they decide to take Jonathan Taylor off the field, 
on third downs as they did with Naheem Hines and other pass catching backs. Maybe Evan Hall can win that role and we'll need to know him. Jacksonville. So at 27, they take Anton Harrison. They take an, uh, another blocker out of Penn State this time, blocking tight end Brandon Strange at 61 overall. They also take a running back in Tank Bigsby, which we mentioned on the NFC pod. Evan, what did you think of Jacksonville? So I usually like the idea of trading back and stockpiling picks. I just I kind of question it in this particular draft because of what we talked about, the strength of the draft or the lack of strength of the draft as a whole. And so I think the Jaguars just, I, I think they traded down a little bit too much. And they got a lot of players. I mean, shoot, what is this, 11 draft picks? 11 or 12 draft picks. They had to go tackle up top because of Cam Robinson's suspension. They're moving Walker Little, their right tackle, to left tackle. And they're going to start Anton Harrison at right tackle next to Brandon Scherf. So, you know, putting him next to that, you know, multiple Pro, pro Bowl veteran. I, they have a, they have an obvious plan for Anton Harrison. I like that. Um, and that, but Brenton Strange, he went a little early. He went like at the back end of that tight end run, mm-hmm. and it seemed a little bit out of desperation. Um, he was a really good blocker, but didn't have a lot of production at Penn State. I don't know. We'll see. He's a, he's a pretty good athlete. He, he has room for growth. Tank Bigsby, I mean, third round running back, you know. And then, you know, and then pretty much like a, a bunch of guys. They took a bunch of shots on a, a bunch of day three, you know, day three guys. So, I don't know. I, I I didn't love this draft. I gave him a C plus. I, I thought one of the uh, reasons that Travis Etienne was such a valuable fantasy player at times last year was because he was getting like 90, 95% mm-hmm. of the running back touches after James Robinson left. I think Tank Bigsby has a chance to cut into that. And that's something we'll be tracking for sure. For now, we have uh, Travis Etienne 30th overall, Bigsby 170th overall. But I think the battle there and seeing how much Tank Bigsby can earn will be important this offseason. By the way, Jacksonville's wide receiver. I was thinking about what are the best three wide, re- three wide receiver sets in the NFL. Jacksonville's is pretty strong. I would put Seattle up there now that they have Jack Smith and Jigba. Obviously, the Bengals with with T and Boyd and Jamar Chase. But Jacksonville, man, I mean, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, and uh, Christian Kirk, it's pretty nice. So And Evan Ingram. So, yeah. Zay Jones. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And also, Calvin Ridley was a part of this draft since yes. the Jaguars got him for – uh, it was a day three pick this year and then a third rounder that could become a, a second rounder next year. Speaking of not good three wide receiver sets, let's go to Kansas City. So Rasheed Rice out of SMU. I watched the video of Clark Hunt, of them like talking to Rasheed Rice. And it was like, oh, we're going to go get Clark Hunt to receive out of SMU. Like, I don't want to say that they took Rasheed Rice because Clark Hunt went to SMU and Rasheed Rice went to MSU, SMU, but... God, man, I mean, that would be crazy. I don't think they did that. But this did look like a reach just from a straight talent perspective. There were other wide receivers I expected to go off the board before Rasheed Rice. Everybody in fantasy wants to know, is this Patrick Mahomes' new toy? What do you think about how Rasheed Rice will fit in Kansas City? Well, Patrick Mahomes wanted Rasheed Rice because they worked out together before the draft, and Patrick Mahomes just like fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. Rasheed Rice, so people are going to compare him to McCole Hardman and – you know, uh, Sky Moore, you know, everybody always gets excited about the the next, you know, the new Chiefs receiver. And I mean, it's not because that's stupid. It's just that those guys didn't, you know, haven't worked out. I mean, Sky Moore had a s- sort of slow rookie year and McCall Hartman, he didn't have production in college. Rasheed Rice had insane production in college. Okay, number one. 
I mean, I, I, I wrote in my draft grades that he arguably has the best combination of size, athleticism, and college production of any receiver in the draft. His athleticism is awesome. He has actual size. He's like 6'1", 205. He was immensely productive, particularly last season. The Chiefs traded up for him. I, I'm going to get excited again. I don't care. I'm, I will go back to the well. And I love Rasheed Rice in, in the middle, middle to late of dynasty rookie drafts, in the middle to, to late por- portion of the first round in dynasty rookie drafts. They started off with Felix and Eniduke Uzoma, who has been compared to Yannick Ngakwe, who's you know not a run defender, but like can be really disruptive off the edge, and they really needed that. You know, Frank Clark is like a free agent, and he's not coming back to Kansas City. And then Wanya Morris, I think, was a smart pick out of Oklahoma, offensive tackle. Uh, Lucas Niang right now is penciled in as their right tackle, but he needed competition. So Wanya Morris out of the big school will come in and compete with him right away. There are a lot of wide receivers on this team. Separating them is not going to be easy. I My bet to be the best receiver of this group is still on Kadarius Toney, but I'm not completely writing off Sky Moore. We know MVS is going to be in there to stretch the field. They still have Richie James, Justin Ross, people like, and now they add Richie Rice. So it's going to be a lot. And they have Justin Watson, who they play also. And they just re-signed Jerk McKinnon today, by the way, as expected to fill some pass-catching role as well. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot here, but I, you know, long-term, making bets on pass catchers attached to Patrick Mahomes who you like, like Evan does and Rasheed Rice, I think it's at least interesting. A lot of mocks had uh, Jameer Gibbs falling here. Once they didn't get him, obviously they were nowhere close to getting him. Bring back Jerry McKinnon. I think that'll be perfectly, perfectly, perfectly fine. Las Vegas. Seventh overall, they make, you know, what I would consider a very Raiders pick. You know, not much college production from Tyree Wilson, but an excellent Athletic profile, they also ended Michael Mayer's slide, if you can call it that, at 35th overall to help replace Darren Waller. I sent a tweet, Evan, that I was hoping to get your attention with. Oh, I saw it. Okay, good. Austin, if you look, Austin Hooper, who, by the way, is on the Raiders, and Michael Mayer, who just got drafted by the Raiders, have an almost identical size, speed, athletic profile. I want to do the Spider-Man gif for pointing at each other. But anyways, Evan, <laughs> what do you think was, of Michael Mayer to the Raiders? Anything that was, else on there? That was draft? egregious. And, you know, <laughs> I've been thinking, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Austin Hooper is like a finesse possession tight end. And Michael Mayer is an absolute beast. Austin Hooper, obviously, you know, was like a what late third round pick. Mm-hmm. And Michael Mayer was a super high second round pick for whom his team traded up. I'm just going to let it go. Okay? I'm going <laughs> to let it go. And I'm going to say, don't do that again. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I was excited for him to go. I think it's a great landing spot for him. Um, and I still think he's the best all around tight end in the draft. And I think he's going to prove a lot of the haters wrong. Tyree Wilson at number seven wound up, that wound up being a pretty nice value considering a lot of people thought he might go as early as number two overall to the Texans. Um, is it overkill with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby there? Already, I, I would say no, because Chandler Jones didn't have the best season last year is getting up there in age. I think it was a fine pick. Um, and then Byron Young, big five technique type out of uh, out of uh, uh, Crimson, out of, uh, out of Alabama. Um, Trey Tucker, one of, you know, 19, uh, five foot nine, 100, you know, 170 pound wide receivers who can run like the wind. Uh, they went and got him. So I, I thought I thought it was a pretty good draft. And, and obviously, you know, them trading up for Michael Mayer, I, I get my full approval. I gave him a B minus. Okay. Unsurprisingly, 
Chargers, a little bit surprising that Quentin Johnson was the second wide receiver off the board. I did go on the Ross Tucker show and talked about that bet at five to one. I thought it was good. Still didn't think it was very likely, but they take Quentin Johnston over Jordan Addison, over Zay Flowers. And, you know, like if you're looking for a big outside receiver who looks good getting off the bus, that is certainly Quentin Johnston in this draft. They now have Big Mike, Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, and Quentin Johnston. How do you think Quentin fits in? Any other thoughts on the Chargers draft? Well, what the Chargers do every single year is they just sit and pick. Like I, I put in my DraftGates article that I, I wouldn't even be surprised if teams just don't call them like ever because they never move up, up or down. Uh, Tom Telesco. And I think that Tom Telesco does pretty well for the most part. He hasn't been perfect, you know, but I, I think he does pretty well. I I had Quentin Johnson as the first wide receiver, and that, I took that at 14 to 1, and he was one spot off yeah. Jackson Smith and Jigba. So that kind of hurt. But I, I I think that the process behind that was pretty good. The result just, just didn't get it. Um, Quentin Johnson is a massive run after catch stud. Uh, so I think that he's going to be like the um, the Z receiver. Mike Williams will be the X, and Keenan Allen will be the slot. And that's a lot of size. And you got Jared Everett at tight end. That's a lot of size outside. Tui Tupolotu out of USC led the nation in sacks this past year. Teams were kind of down on his athleticism. That's why he fell to 54th. But that that kind of production is hard to find. And then Dayon Henley, the, the Chargers did not exercise the fifth-year option on Kenneth Murray. So Dayon Henley, I think, will have a chance to play no later than 2024 at inside linebacker. And then Darius Davis was the 2022 Big 12 Special Teams the Player of the Year. He scored six career return TDs at TCU. Brings that speed that the Chargers have been missing on offense. Um, kind of an inter- interesting uh, 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 early day three guy there, Darius Davis, TCU wide receiver. I thought the biggest things from a fantasy perspective from the Chargers were what they didn't do. They did not take a running back. And I know there's been a ton of Austin Eckler rumors out there. The truth is that no one's going to trade for Austin Eckler, a 28-year-old running back, and then give him a big contract that he wants on top of that. So I think this was the final nail in the coffin. Austin Eckler seems like a great dude. It sucks. He's a great player. It sucks he plays the wrong position, but I think he's going to be back with the Chargers on his current contract they also did not take a tight end and you know the Bengals were supposed to take a tight end a lot of people had the Chargers taking a tight end Chargers look like they're going to run it back with Gerald Everett and Donald Parham shout out PSM Dolphins Dolphins only had four picks in this draft one of them whoa though was Devon A-Chain at 84th overall absolutely love this fit for Devon A-Chain explosive player pass catcher yak guy just like the kind of guy that Kyle Shanahan slash Mike McDaniel are going to covet Raheem Mostert's almost done. He's 31, 32 years old. You know, Jeff Wilson's on a one-year deal. So really like that landing spot for Devon Chain. Not a ton to talk about here, though. This team only made four picks. Evan, what'd you think? <clears throat> yeah, and they forfeited their first round pick for the, the Tom Brady, Don Yee stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they traded number 29 to the Broncos for Bradley Chubb. And then they got Jalen Ramsey for a third round pick. And then they got a fifth round pick or they got Jeff Wilson for a fifth round pick. So, you know, they're kind of one of the teams that is kind of hard to grade because they invest in veterans, but they're quality veterans. Um, but they, they didn't have, have a first round pick. I mean, they get penalized in, in the, in the draft grades for that. So I gave them a C plus, but I like what they did with their, with the draft capital that they did have. Cam Smith, super talented South Carolina cornerback. 
Um, and then Devin A. Chan, yo, I'm really, really excited about. Oh, uh, Leone and, and Leone and I and Amico were talking about who is the running back three in this class. Obviously, it's Bijan and then Gibbs. Amico mm-hmm. and I think it's A. Chain. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Um, and who does? And and who does? Um, Leone just kind of didn't take a stance, you know, as usual. Yeah. I mean, I would need to look at the full list, but I would almost certainly have A. Chain third off the top yeah. of my head. Yeah, I mean, and, I and, know. and Amico was adamant about it. He was like, yeah. clearly a chain. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's right. And by the way, we do even for redraft, we currently have a chain as the most valuable Dolphins running back. We have a chain 122nd overall, most at 136th, Jeff Wilson 150th. So even for redraft, even just for this year, we do have Devon a chain as the running back to own here. Greg Cosell said that after watching a chain's tape, he thought that he could be more than just a satellite space back. Like he's yeah. like, nah, this dude is not Naheem Hines. This guy like. This guy can really run it, and God, I'm super excited. Like McDaniel just loves speed. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Covet speed, and a chain has it in spades. I mean, what an exciting landing spot! Hell, let's go. I, I think I, I'm going to be so ho- much higher on ADP on a chain than anybody else. I promise you that. <laughs> um, I want to be high on Tua this year. By the way, we're currently behind ADP on him because it seems like the market is actually really, really in on. Tua, but yeah, I mean, Tua was on his way last year to a, like break being the late round quarterback you had to have until all the concussion stuff. So obviously there's going to be risk there, but I still think Tua is a really good bounce back candidate. Patriots, I thought Patriots kind of got a gift, you know, it was like 17 overall. I saw Christian Gonzalez getting mocked like sixth overall, seventh. I mean, people were talking about Christian Gonzalez like really high. He falls to them at 17 overall. They don't take any skill players until the sixth round, I wouldn't know if they didn't take a quarterback despite all the Mac Jones stuff that was out there. What do you think of New England draft? They made, I believe, 12 picks to the New England Patriots. Yeah, and they took a kicker and a punter, you know? And this is a team that has drafted like long snappers in the past. So you you can't say it's surprising, but I I had to penalize them for that. Um, But I I like a lot of the players that they got. They needed a draft like this. I mean, their, their roster has really grown stale in recent years. Christian Gonzalez, I mean, they got him after moving down um, and they got a, a fourth round pick and then they stole Keon White, who I think was a, a t- like a top 20, top th- definitely a top 30 player in Daniel Jeremiah's rankings and was like super, uh, very productive at, at, uh, at, at Georgia Tech. He ran a 449 at 281 pounds. Um, Marte Mapu was a dude that scouts just absolutely loved. Um uh, like a linebacker safety hybrid, six foot three, two twenty one. It'll be interesting to see how they, how they, how they play him. But um, I mean, the Patriots are willing to get very creative defensively and finding a spot for him. I, I, I think that. And then Jake Andrews uh, was a, uh, could could end up as a, a starter at, at guard or center out of Troy. Um, Kayshawn Booty, who they got uh, uh, from LSU, wide receiver, had uh, an amazing freshman year and kind of plateaued after that but I think that he was a, a worthy addition to their wide receiver stable I think they had like a, a pretty meat and potatoes draft just the kicker and the punter like come on guys yeah so yeah, a six round pick you know for booty to fall that far in this draft in this wide receiver class is kind of a red flag oh oh it's a it's, it's a big red flag yeah. for me for sure I did want to say on Ramondre Stevenson so they didn't take a running back Damon Harris is gone and the athletic, you know, not, you know, just speculating, not reporting per se, but James Robinson is like no lock to make the team. They have him out. 
right now in the final roster. I mean, we have Ramondre Stevenson 29th overall. Obviously, he was one of our favorites from last year. When we're getting him in the hundreds. You're not going to be able to get him that cheaply this year. Jets. You know, Will McDonald, the edge guy at 15. They take the center. Joe Tittman at 43. There were rumors, though, that actually... I'll let you go on their draft class first, and then I did want to talk about the running back stuff. Go ahead on the Jets stuff, because I know Aaron Rodgers has to be considered a part of this class. A lot of people, though, Evan yeah. said that the Jets gave up too much to get Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man, I don't think so at all. I don't think so at all. And I and people like got mad at me uh, that read the draft grades because that I gave them an A because, I mean, they got like the two-time MVP, and then they started off with two first-round talents and Will McDonald, who's just an insane athlete, um, and then Joe Tipman, who I thought – I mean, I had him as a first-rounder in my first mock, and they got him at 43 overall. Um uh, Carter Warren was a four-year starter at Pitt. He's got 36-inch arms at six foot six, uh, three fourteen, uh, but he got hurt last year, and I think that that hurt him. And then Israel Abinikanda uh, was a really interesting pick because this dude's highlight reel is outrageous. I mean, he's sort of like a straight lineish home run hitter, um, but uh, I, he, he's interesting because Brees Hall is coming off this ACL. Yeah. And we've seen, you know, th those recoveries have not gone super smoothly in recent years. Uh, I'm a little worried on Brees Hall. Yeah. They were linked to Jamal Williams and other running backs in free agency. There was a report that came out after this draft that they actually wanted to take Jameer Gibbs. They take mm -hmm. Israel Abeniconda in round five. They still have Michael Carter and Zonovan Knight, mm -hmm. both of whom who I think can play on their roster. The reports on Brees Hall have been good on his ACL have been good, but... I don't know, man. His ADP is around 25 right now. I, I think I'm shying away at that price. And that pains me because I love Brees Hall. He was awesome last year. It's just a little scary what they've been telling us. So, Yep. The, the team is telling us things in this dynasty startup that I'm doing that I keep talking about. I'm going to keep talking about it. Brees Hall went at the end of the first round and I was just like, oh. Yeah. I mean, running backs in, oh, in dynasty man. startups, yeah, and especially that one that already big, has an ACL. So, that was yeah. a big mistake. I don't like from a process standpoint, that was a huge mistake. Yeah, yeah. Let me actually see where we have Brees. Yeah, we have oh, we yeah. have Brees in, in Superflex tight end premium. We have we have Brees thirty eighth uh, ranked thirty eighth. Oh, that's yeah. a little high. Oh, and then I want to say one more thing. Zach Kuntz, who started his career at yes. Penn State, incredible athlete, went to Old Dominion, was super productive. They got him in this. At pick 220, I was very surprised that he lasted that late. But yeah, he, he had the top composite composite athleticism score of any tight end at the combine in a historically great tight end class. Yeah, yeah. Mike Jasicki, athlete-esque. Okay. Pittsburgh. I, I mentioned the Bears. I thought meaningfully improving their offensive line can make a difference in fantasy. The Steelers, similarly, improving their offensive line, I think can make a difference in fantasy. They used the 14th overall pick on Broderick Jones. Offensive tackle out of Georgia. We'll have Brandon Thorne on later this summer, but I don't know, Evan. The Steelers might actually have a competent offensive line, and the Bears might have a competent offensive line this year also. What do you think of the Steelers' draft? Yeah, and uh, Allen Robinson is a part of this, so yes. wh whatever you think about him. I mean, they got him for nothing. They got him for a seventh-round pick swap. Um, I, I love this draft. Everybody loved this draft for Pittsburgh because they, they just got a lot of value – uh, according to like, you know, the consensus board. And I mean, they just ripped off value at every pick. Broderick Jones, awesome pick at number 14. Now, now they have a chance. You remember we were talking about how bad their offensive line was for the last couple of years. Now they have a chance 
to have quality starters at all five positions and actual depth, bumping some of those dudes that had to play into reserve roles. I feel really good about the state of their offensive line right now. Joey Porter Jr., you know, he's a big, stiff press corner, um, you know, and he's got to like put, he's got to get his hands on, on receivers. He's not going to turn, you know, flip his hips and run. He's going to learn from one of the best press corners of all time in Patrick Peterson. Those are going to be their starting outside corners, I would expect. And then Keanu Benton, they got him at number 49. He had first round buzz. And then they got Darnell Washington at 93. Now he fell due to a knee injury, but he had first round buzz as well. And then Nick Herbig, awesome college linebacker out of Wisconsin. And I've also heard good things about this, uh, the Purdue, Purdue cornerback, Corey Trice, who they got in the seventh round. I, they had an awesome draft. Um, and I, I don't think there's any way around it. I, I gave him an A. I don't think it's crazy to think that the Steelers offense can make a leap into like real fantasy relevance this year. Offensive line, Pickett in year two, Deontay Johnson, Pickens, Allen Robinson, Fryermuth, Jalen Warren's going to play on pass downs. I think like they, they have pieces to at least be like relevant, not elite, but like relevant. Last one we're going to do here is the Tennessee Titans. So I actually thought that there was a good chance the Titans would trade up to number three to take Will Levis. And then I was like, well, maybe they'll take him at 11 because I had these uh, Levis to Titans bets. They end up getting Will Levis at 33 overall. And, and I like taking a shot on Will Levis there. Tannehill's going to start this year, I think, and play. And Derrick Henry is going to play with him one more time, try to make one more run with this archaic style. In 2024, though, I think it'll almost certainly be Levis and a modern NFL scheme. What do you think of the Levis trading up for Levis? Anything else on the Titans draft? Um, I think that it, I think moving up for Levis was okay. Um, they did give up a 2024 third, but you know, it, it costs money to go up and get quarterbacks and see, I didn't like Will Levis that much. So that can't, you know, I'm not super positively influenced by that, but I do think at number 33, I think he's worth drafting. Skaronsky is going to be a good player in the league. It's just, he's got 32 inch arms. Are they going to play him? Are they going to try him at left tackle? He's the number eleven overall pick in the draft. They've got uh, they they signed Andre Dillard, but that dude wasn't very good in Philadelphia, uh, and they gave him, him a big deal. I I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I don't know what position Skaronsky is going to play. And then Tajay Spears, the running back that they drafted in the, in the third round. Like, did you really need to do that? Number one, number two. This dude has like his knees are blown out. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then so I, I I didn't like their draft C minus. I saw the reports on Spears. It was like, did the Titans really not know that this dude doesn't have anything in his knees? Right. Like they must have known that, right? So like I, you know, I'm not going to double he, he count must that. Have been taken off at least half the team's boards. I mean, yeah. you, you should be able to get a guy like that in the sixth round if you really want him. They took him 81 overall. I was a little surprised that they didn't take any wide receivers. I mean, their wide receiver room is thin. I mean, Traylon Burks and Chig. Yeah are going to have a ton of opportunity. They have total dust behind them. I guess they did take one wide receiver, Colton Dowell from Tennessee Martin in round seven. But yeah, I don't think he's going to have an impact. And Traylon Burks is going to have a ton of opportunity this year. A ton. Yeah, yeah, he is. I saw Paul Paul Kuharski in their post-draft press conference at, up there asking Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel, like, have you just devalued the wide wide receiver position? And they're up yeah. there getting all pissed. Yeah, we have, tra- we have Traylon Burks 73rd overall right now in half PPR. That's about seven spots ahead of ADP. I mean, the only other wide receivers on this team we have ranked are Nick Westbrook-Akini and, and Kyle Phillips. I mean, it's 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 not good. Uh, Chig. Chig, yes. We have Chig, 118th. Nice. Overall, that is 14 spots ahead, 15 spots ahead of ADP. So, yeah, we're definitely in on Chig. All right. 
We've said it all, perhaps too much, we, but we've said it all about the NFL draft. Stay tuned to this podcast. We will be going more in depth on the landing spots for the rookies. Awards betting, I think, is a really interesting market to look at at this time of year. We'll be back with a podcast on that. Draft Kit Pro subscribers, you do have access now to all the Dynasty rankings are updated and all the best ball rankings are updated. It's a great time to be alive and drafting. Four. Evan. Four. Producer Luke. I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.